Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this beautiful Tuesday morning in November. And it's the start of a few, what, we got six more days to talk about the Super Bowl 57 rematch and maybe a Super Bowl 58 preview. Eagles Chiefs next Monday night. We're going to be talking about it all week. Big game for the Birds. We also got a Sixers game tonight. The Indiana Pacers try to get some revenge on our 76ers tonight in the in-season tournament. Interestingly, it's being reported Nick Batum's going to miss tonight's game for personal reasons. Joel Embiid is questionable with left hip soreness. We know Kelly Oubre is still out. So we'll see how much emphasis the Sixers put on the in-season tournament or do they rest their big man Joel Embiid tonight. We'll find that out closer to game time. And I also want to talk a little bit about that Monday night football game last night between the Buffalo Bills and Denver Broncos. If you watch that game, the ending of that game was unacceptable from a coaching perspective, and we will talk about it because this Buffalo Bills team that was supposed to be part of the gauntlet for the Philadelphia Eagles is looking less and less like that's a game that the Eagles should lose. But we're going to talk about it all. Like we're joined every Tuesday, we will be joined by Dave Spadaro today. He's going to join us a little bit earlier today. He's got a meeting, so we're going to get him in early. But before we go to Dave, let me see who we have here on the Power Hour. Let's get a little roll call in the chat. I appreciate all of you guys being here with me every day talking Philly sports. Bounder Johnson, sitting in silence until the Power Hour. Appreciate it, man. Bobby Murphy, good morning. Jim G, good morning. Tampa Eagle. Born and raised in Philly. Go Eagles and 76ers. Hope for the Flyers. Good to see you, brother. Thunderbird in the house. Jason A-Team, the fact checker. Vince Engelking, New Jersey fishing maniac. Twiz, Rob Campbell, Philly 007, MC. David LaPray Jr., the blonde boy. Loving it. Loving my power hour crew in the house today on this beautiful Tuesday. And I don't know about you guys. But this Monday night football game can't get here soon enough. Wine Niners Wine here. Andrew Dirk, love you guys. Love the support. Hit that like button for us. But this Monday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs cannot get here soon enough, man. I was ready for it on Sunday. I didn't know what to do with myself during the bye week. It was nice to sit on the couch and watch Red Zone like we talked about. And there were some really good games this week. But I'm ready now. I don't know if I have, what do we got, six damn days we got to get through? At least there's some good games on Sunday that we'll talk about. There are some good matchups on Sunday. Give us something to watch. But, man, Monday night football cannot get here soon enough. 
but actually a good Thursday night game this week. The Thursday night games have left a lot to be desired so far this season, but there is a good Thursday night football game this week. You got the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in Baltimore. Both teams coming off really tough losses. Cincinnati blew a lead against the Texans. The Ravens blew a lead against the Browns. But we'll get into it all, guys. I now want to bring in our Eagles insider, Dave Spadaro, joining the show like he does every Tuesday. What's up, Dave? Bill, good morning. You know, you're you're so excited. And it reminds me of the great Rich Kotite, which is before your time, I know. I remember Kotite. I remember. Used, and anybody who's in the chat or watching would remember that his one of his famous lines was, don't leave your game in the locker room. So, Bill, you got to just kind of chill out. I can't appreciate man. every day that you have here. Monday night we'll get here in due time. Don't be in a rush through life, Bill, is my point. Make sure that you are ready when the ball is kicked off to be at your very best. That is very true. <laughs> take a moment and and take in all the scenery. Take some yes. time to smell the roses, as yes. they say. Yeah. Right? Well, how was your how was your bye week, Dave? Did you get a little break? Lovely. Lovely. Uh, wife and puppy dog just went down to the shore for a few days. And chilled out. It's a little family vacation. What's your shore town? Where do you go when you go to the shore? Um, don't uh, you know when I when my kids were young, it was Strathmere and Ocean City. Um, since then, it's been you know here and there. Really, wife's not super into the shore, and uh, the shore to me, like it's great and everything. But I live in the city, and when everybody in the summer is out of the city, it's great. And so, like, I'm a, I'm a big, like, get-on-my-bike-and-go guy, get-a-workout-in guy, play-tennis guy. You know, I'm not really, like, a sit-on-the-beach guy. The, the bald head, it's not a good place to be in the sun, you know what I'm saying? You can't see it, man, but I got it up here, too, brother. I got it up here, too. Doctor's like, you got to wear a hat on the beach. Yeah. Got to wear a hat on the beach. Every day you should wear a hat. I like going to the beach, but I used to live in, in Fairmount. And you're right. In the summertime, when everybody clears out, it's nice. The city's empty, yeah. man. It, it's great. Right. And real quick, before we get into the Eagles, you said that you like to play some tennis. You know what me and my girl picked up now is we're pickleball players now, Dave. You're on the pickleball, huh? I was against I it. it. She's a big tennis player, so she was kind of against it, too. She was respecting tennis. But we're into it. I like it all. It's all, it's all good stuff, man. As as my man uh, in the Eagles training room, athletic training room says, Monty Wong, who is a great trainer, part of the, an amazing staff here. And unfortunately, I've had to go in there many times when I've been hurt. His line is, motion is lotion. And any anything you can do to move around is good for the body. Good for the I, body. I love it. I love but it. Pickleball's before, fun. Before we get into the Eagles, Dave, did you watch that Monday night football game last night? I sure did. You know, I watched it the same way I'm sure that every Eagles fan watched it, okay? I know that everybody's painting this, like, murderer's row of games that the Eagles have, and it is tough, right? But the Buffalo Bills have been playing very poorly. And when you watch them, and I was trying to figure out why, because I started to kind of do a little bit of advanced stuff on Buffalo because next week is such a short week for us. And when you watch, you're like, okay, they rank really well in numbers, in categories, but they turn the ball over. They don't get stops. They do things like poor. This is why Nick Sirianni, when he talks about situational football, end of the game, leave your dime team on the field. Like you don't have to bring your field goal kick, you know, your field goal block team in, like, or do it right. And they just make those kinds of mistakes. 
And that is so illustrative of what separates wins and losses in the NFL. Four turnovers. Uh, they Their best drive is when they ran the ball down the field on every play, and they kind of took the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Um, the defense really pressed into service. They've lost three key players, one at each level of the defense throughout the season. Um, I got to tell you, late in the game when DeMar Hamlin was on the field, I kind of got a little bit, like, really into it and, and hoping that he would make a big play to kind of win it for um, the Bills because I've got friends over there. But a, a, a tough, tough loss for a team that is going to be after they play, they play the Jets, which is a divisional game. I mean, you know that'll be a physical game. I just feel like by the time they get to Philly, they're going to be exhausted. And then they have their bye week. So, you know, given the fact that look, the Eagles have a very tough stretch, um, I kind of look for at other teams and really, really kind of scout them a little bit as a fan. Yeah, let's hope you're right and that the Buffalo Bills come in here kind of exhausted and the Eagles can win that game. But Josh Allen. And the Eagles can win the game. Again, listen, the Eagles can beat any team in the league. Um, but there's no doubt that, look, Sunday, that Sunday is going to be really a tough coming back from uh, a late Kansas City game, an emotional Kansas City game. This is why, Bill, as you are hyping up this Monday night game, understandably so, you are hyping up, understandably so, the Dallas Cowboys game. Every single game, and then the San Francisco 49ers game will be beyond hype. And that's why Nick in, is really good and this team is really good at just focusing on this game and treating every single game the same. You have to. Yeah, and you're right. And then after the San Francisco game, there's the Cowboys game. So there is a lot of big games coming up. But I said it yesterday on my show as well that you know we were referring to this six-game stretch here as the gauntlet. And I no longer want to refer to it as that because, really, this is a gauntlet for the teams who have to play the Eagles, not the other way around. This team has been so damn good in the regular season. All they do is win. But talking about all we do is win, Andy Reid usually wins after bye weeks. And I just did a video on my Instagram page because I was trying to get to figure out, well, how good is Andy really after bye weeks? And he's been a coach now for 25 years. In 24 seasons, in the regular season, he is 21-3 and three <laughs> after buys. So he really is that damn good. He won 13 straight in Philadelphia to start his career. You kind of saw it firsthand. What makes Andy so good following a bye week? So, first of all, you get the players out, which is what the Eagles did last week. You know, they came in Monday after the win against the Cowboys, and then they were out. So it's really important to get the players rested mentally and physically, get them back fresh. And then there's a period of self-scouting that is vital. And – I don't know what other teams do out there. I know that Andy here, Nick here, they do. They take that self-scouting really, really important. Uh, they take it very seriously. And and then you make adjustments. And this is a game of adjustments. And so I'm sure that Andy Reid has looked at the Kansas City Chiefs in their very fine start to the season and gone, all right, this is working well, but the offense is too centered on Travis Kelsey or whatever. What can we do to get this offense kind of going again. Um, I, I think that Andy's really just good at, at that kind of stuff, at finding weaknesses and turning them into non-weaknesses. And that's what, again, makes it so difficult coming out of the bye when you really, you know, the Eagles have seen all of this from Kansas City. 
they'll be prepared. It'll be, you know, very much focused on what Mahomes can do, which is everything, and Kelsey, what he can do is everything. But you know that Andy's going to show something that he has not shown before. And he's going to attack a part of the Eagles that um, he has studied vigorously and deemed a favorable matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Eagles will have to counter that. And that is the essence of coaching. That is the essence of winning in this league. It's the move, the counter move. It's that that game within the game kind of thing uh, where you adapt. And I think Andy's really good at it. Yeah, he's really good at it. And I'm hoping this is an omen. Not sure if this means anything, Dave, but maybe it's an omen. The last time Andy Reid lost after a regular season bye was a Week 11 game, November 19th, against an NFC East opponent. This game, Week 11, November 20th, against an NFC East opponent. Maybe it's an omen. We will see, but it was hey, six Bill, years I, ago. I, it's absolutely an omen. I'll take – I'm the most superstitious guy – I'll take any omen that you can throw at me. So bring it on. I, I just know it's going to be a great game, a really great test. I don't think that anybody here is like, oh, my gosh, we got to get them back after losing the Super Bowl. Like, you can't bring back that game. This is a regular season game, no matter how you slice it. Um, I'm, but it's a very important regular season game. So I think really the focus is not on Super Bowl rematch, even though everybody's going to hype it that way. It's on – Let's win a really important game because the Eagles are in a race, not only for the NFC East, but for the entire conference top seed. And really, there's such little wiggle room that every game is vital, vital, vital. When's Nick's first press conference this week? Thir uh, I think it's Thursday. Yeah, I'm I know the media is Thursday. I'm not sure if he's having one tomorrow. I think it's Thursday, though. Because I'm interested to hear what he says, because you, you just talked about it. You know this game's going to be hyped by everybody. I mean, I said it, it is. There were a ton of ads last night. I mean, yeah. all that all they kept doing it at, in the broadcast was talking about next Monday night, next Monday night, next Monday night. So I'm curious, as the head coach, Nick Sirianni, how much do you talk about Super Bowl 57? Because you're right. This is a huge regular season game. But do you use Super Bowl 57 at all to try to – fuel your team this is a, a way to get back at them or do you stick to what it is regular season game big game for the 2023 yeah no i think you look at it like it's a um it's a big game and you certainly study what their defense did against you what the blocking scheme offensively was against you you certainly look at how the chiefs played you and i'm sure that that will not be the most pleasant film review for the coaching staff. But I think in addition to that, you're also looking at every single game they've played this season. You're studying new players, any new wrinkles, um, but you're not using it as an emotional lever. I don't think there's any need for that. I, this is not in the players' minds. Again, you're not going to reverse what happened on February 12th, unfortunately. And, but on November 20th, it's a huge game that the Eagles would love to win, would position themselves so incredibly well with a win on Monday night for the rest of the regular season. So yeah, I don't think you I don't think you sell it as like, hey, Super Bowl rematch, guys. They got us last time. We got to get them back this time. Yeah, I agree with you. And you talk about it being two different teams. We know some of the changes that the Eagles have gone through. But this is a different Chiefs team. I went and looked at the numbers, and I couldn't believe it. They're almost worse on every offensive category 
and better in every defensive category. This defense for the Chiefs is a really good defense this season. Yeah, they've really done well. And McDuffie's uh, a top-tier cornerback. They've gotten good play up front. Um, Spagnolo, you know, Spagnolo's had some ups. Spags is my guy. I love the guy. He's had some ups, up and down years as a defensive coordinator. But when his front four is generating a lot of pressure, which this group does, he is excellent because he can do so many things on the back end. And always remember that he's a Jim Johnson disciple. It's all predicated on pressure packages and the illusion of pressure packages. So uh, when you have good defensive backfield, a good defensive backfield that has made plays, which the Chiefs have done, uh, <clears throat> ultimately defense really wins. So I think it's going to be extremely interesting to see how it all transpires. We saw Jalen Hurts in that matchup against the Chiefs have a huge game, really could do whatever he wanted up and down the field a couple of fails when they had opportunities to score touchdowns and that ultimately came back to haunt the Eagles. The fumble that was returned for a touchdown haunted the Eagles, but I'm so curious to see what adjustments Spags makes against the Eagles and how the Eagles offense with a new coordinator, how he looks at this matchup versus how Shane Steichen looked at it in February. Yeah. And one of the things that, we weren't able to do in that Super Bowl was get after Mahomes. And I think that's going to be a big factor on Monday night is can they put pressure on Mahomes? But what this Agreed. offense did well last year for Kansas City is they protected Mahomes, that offensive line, and he's so shifty in the pocket. It's hard to bring Mahomes down, and they're doing it again this year. They've only given up 12 sacks so far this season, but they get after the quarterback on defense. A lot of people forget last year, Eagles were number one in the league in sacks in the regular season. The Chiefs were number two, and they're on pace for actually more sacks this season. They already have 31 sacks to start this year. What do you think breaks here? Who gets more pressure on the quarterback, the Chiefs on Hurts well, or the I Eagles on Mahomes? I mean, I certainly hope the Eagles on Mahomes. The challenge when you, when you rush Mahomes is that unless you are incredibly disciplined, you've got to be disciplined because he's got the elusiveness. And look, part of the – look, they, they have a very good blocking scheme – they have a good offensive line, but they also have a quarterback who, as you say, is shifty in the pocket and out of the pocket and picks up, as we saw in the Super Bowl, big yards with his legs at opportune times. So, I mean, I certainly think the Eagles will get it going. I really love the Eagles offensive line against anybody, but um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Like, do you, how much do you want to – I mean, I know fans love to see blitzing, and maybe you can try to blitz a little bit more, feeling that you've got a better matchup outside with Slay and Bradbury against wide receivers who really haven't been that super productive. But, you know, then you're also daring Mahomes to beat you with precision passing, with timing throws, and he can certainly do that. So it's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. I mean, I want to see the Eagles throw the football clearly, but also control the line of scrimmage and – have time-consuming drives and do what they've been doing lately in the red zone. They've been excellent in the red zone. They're up to, I think, 12th in the league in touchdown efficiency in the red zone. The defense had a couple of big stops against Dallas. Hopefully that continues. I mean, that's what this game is going to come down to. One stop here, one mistake there. I think the Eagles are much better, you know, honestly, Bill, than they were in the Super Bowl on special teams. I think that's a factor in this game. I don't know if the weather forecast is for Monday night at um, Giha. I think it's called 
Giha, Giha Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So, but, you know, I mean, certainly you've got to put pressure on Mahomes. You can't let him run around all day in the backfield. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier Travis Kelsey. We knew going into the Super Bowl, don't let Kelsey beat you, don't let Kelsey beat you, but Eagles struggled a little bit with Travis Kelsey, as everyone has in the NFL. He's just that damn good. What do you expect him to do on Monday night to try to slow down Travis? Pay him a lot of attention. Try to jam him at the line of scrimmage. These are all options. Bracket cover him. Um, understand that he's going to get some. Uh, I mean, do you go into the game saying, he's? I'm not going to let Travis Kelsey beat me, and then you're going to take chances on the outside? You're going to let their running backs that are very good catch-and-run running backs? Tough matchup because Mahomes is able to see that and adjust and just all Mahomes do, does is keep the chains moving, keep the chains moving, keep the chains moving. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have the answer. I mean, it's Tuesday. I know that's what they're working on now. But I certainly would pay a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey. And the Eagles have done a decent job, I think, it's much of the year against tight ends. Um, but this is a different kind of matchup because so much of their offense runs through Kelsey. And their offense has been, as you said, down this year, largely because Kelsey's been good and then taken out of it a little bit and then good. And, take, and if it's not been Travis, they're having trouble consistently finding production from other players. But I'm certainly, if I'm Sean Desai, I am paying so much attention to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you have to. He's just that good. And then speaking of paying attention to Travis Kelsey, I'm just hoping Taylor Swift's not in the house. I can't see any more of the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Did you see there was a story that came out today? Yes, of course. Jason Kelsey was referred to as Taylor Swift's boyfriend's brother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think she's in Europe, man. I mean, that's why that's why Travis went over there in the, on, the, on the bye week, and and she ran into his arms and dedicated her song to him. I mean, yeah. this is love, baby. But I think she's going to be on the other side of the pond for this one on Monday night. Yeah, and I'm happy for Travis. I just don't need to see it anymore. That's all. I mean, maybe they'll pipe in Taylor watching the game, like from wherever she's going to be. Well, she she grew up near Philly, man. I thought she was an Eagles fan. But hey, hey, love, love, love conquers all. We've we've all we've all been on the other side of that, right, Bill? Yes, it, yes, we have. Yes, we have. So let me ask you too. Moving away from the Eagles for a second, rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the job D'Amico Ryan's is doing in Houston. How impressed are you about what you're seeing from those two? Yeah, a ton. I mean, he is poised. He he's gets the ball where it has to be. He gets it out quickly, which a lot of young quarterbacks have trouble with. The numbers are record-setting. It does make you wonder about this pre-combine narrative about the intelligence test or whatever that test was that he didn't score well on. Football is football, and clearly he's got a high football IQ and has thrived. I mean, I figured that that would be a really good place for him. And for D'Amico, they had a lot of pieces in place. Um, and also, Bill, it speaks to this. When you have the quarterback, you have a chance. And we look at repeatedly, you know, the Patriots don't have it. The uh, Giants don't have it. I mean, up and down the line. I guess one of the exceptions would be the Chargers because 
Herbert is the real deal, but the rest of that team just can't hold a lead. So I'm, I'm a big fan of D'Amico's. I loved him when he was here. I'm happy for him. And they're making a real playoff run in the AFC. Yeah, I think Chip Kelly called him what? Mufasa? Was that D'Amico's nickname when he was here? Yes, it was. I, I, I always um, pause. I don't ever want to really give Chip Kelly any <laughs> credit. He did two good things. The Mufasa nickname I liked, and I think he brought in Jeff Statland, didn't he? Yes, and he also brought in some sports science. And Oh, the smoothie is, bar. The smoothie bar is terrific. I hit the smoothie bar almost every day. Yeah, so we got to give him some credit. But and when I do tours of Novocare, I always say, that's the one good thing that Chip Kelly did. But you're right. Je Jeff Stoutland is, is a really good thing. Yeah. All right, before I let you run, Dave, I know we only worry about ourselves, and Nick Sirianni doesn't want us to worry about anything else and only look at the game ahead. But I want your opinion. Who do you see as the biggest threat in the NFC to compete with the Eagles for that top seed and get the first Detroit. round by? Yeah. Detroit. Uh, schedule's pretty easy. I mean, look, the Vikings aren't going to be an easy out. They got a couple games against the Vikings. But uh, that win against the Chargers was impressive. Um, I was really rooting for the Chargers to win that game. Me but too, it didn't happen. So I think that that will be the, that will be a, uh, that will be the team, the Eagles, biggest competitor for the number one seed. I mean, look, I, it just, it just amazes me that the Cowboys blow out the giants and all of a sudden the media are generating the Cowboys are on the come thing. And here they are. It's just like, I'd love it, man. They win a game and everybody's on them. I think San Francisco had a big, big win. I watched that game against Jacksonville. Very impressive. Uh, we'll see how long they can sustain that. But I think because of the schedule, I would say the Detroit lions. Yeah, I agree with you. And I did a video earlier in the week about how the Lions' schedule was the easiest. However, as you take a step back right now, hey, Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos may, maybe shouldn't be overlooked. You know, they, the, yeah. the Lions played Denver, and then the other two two games they have that I thought were going to be easy a couple weeks ago were going to be the Vikings once Kirk yeah. Cousins went down. But you just said, hey, you have a quarterback, you have a chance. How about the job Josh Dobbs is doing in two games in Minnesota? A lot of, a lot of amazing stories in the NFL, Bill, this year, and that's – Josh Dobbs is absolutely one of them to go from Arizona. Well, he's been on, what, three teams this year, right? Um, and now to have the success, understanding that it's really kind of playground football that he's playing because he, he has very little practice time with anybody, doesn't really know the playbook. I mean, what he's doing is, is really impressive, remarkable, and and good for Minnesota. They're they're making a really nice midseason run. Yeah. But, hey, if the Eagles take care of their own business, we won't have to worry about any of these teams, right? Because we put ourselves right. in a good spot to start. Control what you can control. Well, Dave, I appreciate it, my brother. I'm going to try to enjoy the week, not yes, get ahead of myself for Monday night, but it's tough. Mm -hmm. Well, give yeah. us a go, Birds, before you roll like you do every week. It's been well, a good well, Look, thanks, everybody, for paying attention. Thanks for your support of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, as always, go, Birds! There's our Eagles insider, Dave Spadaro. Appreciate him joining the show every single week, giving us that insider's perspective. But he's right. I got to try to enjoy this week, but it's tough, man. We already had the bye week. Now we got to get all the way to Monday night, but hopefully we can get there. But when we get back, I want to take a look. We talked a little bit with Dave about that. Monday night football game last night between the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos. But I want to talk about that because after this week, Philadelphia Eagles play the Buffalo Bills. And 
This gauntlet that we were talking about before, I told you I don't want to talk about it as a gauntlet for the Eagles anymore. It's a gauntlet for the other teams. And you look at Josh Allen and the job he's done this season, and he doesn't have me scared. So hit that like button, guys. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour. Appreciate all my peeps in the chat. Let's give a special shout out to Chuck Hutton checking in from his vacation in Ireland on the Power Hour. Hope you're having a good trip. I think there's some like good luck things in Ireland. Isn't there like castles you could rub things and crap? So why don't you why don't you wish some some wins for the Philadelphia Eagles over the next few games, brother? 
But good to see Chuck Hutton checking in. And I see all my Power Hour crew. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. More Philly sports fans we could reach the better. If you were here for the first segment, we had Dave Spadaro on. And we talked a little bit about Monday night football last night. But I want to jump back to that because who in the chat watched the Buffalo Bills blow that game against the Denver Broncos? And look, Josh Allen, I'm not going to sit up here and say he stinks, but Josh Allen is not an elite quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. He's not. He used to get talked about in the same sentence as Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And some people put him above Jalen Hurts. No way, man. No way. Josh Allen is not an elite quarterback. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, but he is not elite. Not with stats like this. Not blowing games the way he blew that one last night with turnovers. So far in 2023, Josh Allen, first of all, they're only 5-5. Five and five. He's got 11 interceptions, four fumbles. Last year, when the games mattered most, the 2022 playoffs, in the wild card game, that Buffalo won. They were lucky to win that game with Josh Allen through two interceptions and fumbled the ball three times. Only lost one of them, but he put the ball on the ground three times in that game. And in the division game, they lost to the Bengals. He threw another interception. And in 2022 regular season, 14 interceptions, 13 fumbles. 2021. 15 interceptions, eight fumbles. And I see the fact checker in the chat talking about how Patrick Mahomes has eight interceptions. But that's an outlier, man. Patrick Mahomes doesn't do that every single season. Patrick Mahomes doesn't do that in the biggest moments, in the biggest games, in the playoffs. And now we are starting to see what Josh Allen has done. You're getting a bigger sample size. And this is who he is as a quarterback. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to fumble the football. He's going to make bad decisions. Let's just look at last night's game. Josh Allen threw for 177 yards. He had two interceptions and a fumble. He turned the ball over three times. Russell Wilson looked a little bit like the Russell Wilson of old that you used to see in Seattle. A lot of people want to get on Russell Wilson. He played turnover-free football last night. He made some big plays, extended plays. If you, th- you see that touchdown pass he threw on that fourth down play, extending the play through a beautiful pass. Great job by the receiver getting his feet in there. But Josh Allen, too many bad decisions. Let's just look at what happened at the end of the first half. The Seattle Seahawks, Wilson drives them down the field. Kick a field goal with 47 seconds left in the first half. I like the aggressiveness by Buffalo. You get the ball back with 47 seconds, you're going to try to get down into field goal range. But you can't afford to turn the ball over there. Whatever you do, either you're going to get points or you're not giving the ball back to Denver Broncos. Josh Allen throws an interception with 39 seconds left in the first half. Unacceptable. Elite quarterbacks don't 
do that. They don't do it. Let's Denver kick another field goal. That game next week, I don't want to look ahead. We got a bigger game against the Chiefs. Not looking as difficult as it may have looked when that schedule came out in the offseason. Games here in Philly. Now, look, the Eagles have a short week coming off of a Monday night. I don't love that. But this Buffalo Bills team doesn't scare me. Josh Allen doesn't scare me, man. But what do you guys think? I see you checking in in the chat. Rob Gamble, Josh Allen ain't it. Looking more and more like an easy W. Nathan Hoffman, poor Buffalo. Hasn't that city suffered enough? Nathan Hoffman, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Philly 007, I knew from week one against the Jets, the Bills were not going to be a playoff team. The fact checker, Mahomes throws lots of picks when he only has one real target, like Allen. Look, fact checker, you can make all the excuses you want for Josh Allen. And if you really want to talk about that Patrick Mahomes' interception rate is the same as Josh Allen, well, then let's talk about the fumbles. How many fumbles did Patrick Mahomes have last year? Let's take a look. Because if we're only going to talk about the interceptions, Josh Allen is a turnover machine, brother. A turnover machine. Let's just look at Patrick Mahomes, see what he did last year as far as fumbles go. So far in 2023, he's got three fumbles, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen has four. Okay. 2022, Mahomes fumbled the ball five times. Josh Allen, 13. How about that one? Five fumbles for Mahomes, 13 fumbles for Josh Allen. So, look, I agree with you. It's not just about the interceptions. Interceptions is similar. Fine. But when you're not protecting the ball all around and you're fumbling the ball as much as Josh Allen is and throwing interceptions as much as Josh Allen is, you're not going to win a lot of games in this league. And I'll tell you what. I'm a fan of Sean McDermott. I liked him when he was with the Eagles. Worked his way up. I think he was the quality control coach at one point, worked his way all the way up to defensive coordinator. I root for Sean McDermott. He got out-coached last night by Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Let's just look at what happened at the end of the game. That is completely unacceptable. And look, is it Sean McDermott's fault, or is it the special teams coach's fault? Is it the defensive coordinator's fault? You're the head coach. The buck stops with you, man. That is unacceptable. Why are you trying to substitute in that position? Just keep your defense on the field. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, tie game. The Denver Broncos go to kick a game-winning field goal at the end, and they miss the field goal. Well, there was a flag on the field. 12 men on defense. Completely unacceptable. That's almost a fireable offense, in my opinion. You can't have a substitution issue at that point in the game. 
And I see New Jersey Fishing Maniac checking in on the chat, paying money to get that bird in the chat. I love it. Go birds, brother. Go birds. Paul Mancini. No, they aren't. And head coach Sean McDermott will pay the price, and he's known not to be an easy coach to work for. And scapegoated Leslie Frazier, who the Bills' defensive locker room misses. Interesting, man. Interesting. But we will see. We will see what happens in a couple of weeks when Buffalo comes to town. But Sean McDermott, not impressing me. Josh Allen, not impressing me. I know they have injuries. But they're turning the ball over at an alarming rate. And I'll tell you what, good news for the Philadelphia Eagles that Russell Wilson started to look like the Russell Wilson of old a little bit last night. Eagles don't have to play the Denver Broncos, but they don't look like an easy out anymore. You know, the Denver Broncos took a lot of heat because of what the Kansas, excuse me, what the Miami Dolphins did to them putting up 70 points, but his Denver Broncos team, not too bad, man. Not too bad. They beat Buffalo. They beat Kansas City. Let me see. Who else have they beat this year? Four and five now. So they got wins against Chicago. Chicago stinks. They beat the Green Bay Packers. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Buffalo Bills. They've won three games in a row, and the reason that is good news for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Detroit Lions got to play the Denver Broncos. So we're talking about how easy the Detroit Lions' schedule is the rest of the way. Well, it doesn't look like that Denver Broncos game is going to be as easy as we thought it was headed into this season. And I see... Rob Gamble checking in in the chat asking about Jalen Hurts' knee. We'll find out more as the season progress, or excuse me, as the week progresses. But I said it on my legal hands to the face show last night. Every doctor I've spoken to has said he's going to be fine. So you hope that this week of rest helped him a lot. Obviously, it helped him, but you hope it helped him a lot. But doesn't seem to be slowing Jalen down, man. I mean, what he's doing from the pocket is impressive. Really impressive. And Steve Patton asking if the Lions play at Denver or at Detroit. That game is in Detroit. So, it would have been nicer if it was in Denver, but it is in Detroit. But look, hey, Denver won in Buffalo last night. I see Paul Mancini in the chat. I'm more concerned with the trip up to the Seattle Seahawks for the Eagles than playing the Bills. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for the Eagles. They never seem to play well in Seattle, and that's back-to-back away games for the Birds. They're going to be in Dallas, and then they have to go on the road to Seattle. That won't be easy. But Buffalo's not scaring me right now. But we got bigger fish to fry. We got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in this week. Or actually, the Eagles are going to them this week, I should say. Going to Arrowhead Stadium on a Monday night. And we talked about, with Spadaro, a little bit about Andy Reid after a bye. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, at Legal Hands to the Face, you saw the video I posted this morning. But go ahead over, if you don't already follow, at Legal Hands to the Face, we post multiple things multiple content a day 
about the Philadelphia Eagles. But the video I posted this morning was Andy Reid because you're going to hear all week long about how good Andy Reid is after a bye. So I wanted to see how good is he actually after a bye. And I went and looked, and I didn't include the playoffs in this because playoffs are a different animal. Let's just look at regular season buys. How does Andy Reid do after it? And you heard me tell Dave Spadaro, in the previous 24 seasons, this is Andy's 25th year coaching, in the previous 24 seasons, he's 21-3 and after a bye. Won 13 straight to start his career in Philadelphia. Lost the last one in Philly before he went to Kansas City, and then he lost one there. Yeah, I see the fact checker. Lost his last season here and first season in KC. That's correct. But he's now won five in a row, dating back to 2018. And I said to Spadaro, hopefully it's an omen, because the last time Andy lost after a bye was week 11. It was week 11. It was November 19th, 2017. They lost in overtime. To the New York Giants, 12-9. to So let's hope that's an omen. But don't discredit Nick Sirianni. Because as good as Andy Reid has been after a bye, I know it's a smaller window, but Sirianni's undefeated after a bye. And there's the fact checker coming in right on cue. Nick is 2-0 in the regular season after a bye. He is 0-2 against Andy, that is true. But 2-0 in the regular season. So obviously it's a lot smaller of a sample size, but Sirianni's undefeated after a bye. So what breaks on Monday night? And I told you guys this stat before, and again, a lot smaller of a sample size, but just to put in perspective, how good Sirianni has been in the regular season. Sirianni's 31 and 12 in his coaching career. He's got a winning percentage of 721. Andy Reid's winning percentage, 644. Now, look, what Andy's done is Hall of Fame worthy. He's 254, 140, and 1 in his coaching career. We all remember that one. We all remember that tie where Donovan McNabb didn't know that there could be ties in the NFL. But this is a good coaching battle. Nick Sirianni got outcoached in the second half of Super Bowl 57. We all saw it. And I'm not taking a shot at Sirianni. I love Nick Sirianni. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. But he got outcoached by a future Hall of Famer in Andy Reid. And you know how competitive Sirianni is. That's got to be eating him alive. Eating him alive. And I'm sure they spent this whole bye week getting ready. And we'll continue to break down this game between the Chiefs and the Eagles all week long. But I've said before, I said it on my show last night, the Legal Hands to the Face show. Don't, don't bet against this team in the regular season because all this Philadelphia Eagles team does is find ways to win. It won't be easy at Arrowhead. But don't bet against the Philadelphia Eagles in the regular season. But we'll see what happens with that. We'll continue to break it down throughout the week. We'll look at the matchups. We'll talk about a lot of the differences between the Chiefs last year 
and this year, because you heard me say to Dave Spadaro earlier, they are worse in pretty much every single offensive category this season. They're still a very good offensive team, don't get me wrong. But they were so dominant last year on offense. Number one in the NFL, putting up over 400 yards a game last year. They're still putting up a lot of yards, but that number has dropped significantly. But what you've seen is a massive improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Just to give you a little teaser, and we'll continue to break it down as the week goes, they were giving up close to 22 points a game last year. This year, 15.9. When you have an offense that has a guy like Patrick Mahomes and your defense is giving up under 16 points a game, you're going to win a lot of games in the NFL. A lot of games in the NFL. So we'll continue to break that down. But let's switch gears a little bit, guys, and talk about the 76ers tonight. Our 76ers have the second game of this NBA Cup in-season tournament. And you guys know my feeling on it. I think the NBA Cup's ridiculous, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to get sucked into it if the Sixers keep winning. Oh, they could win the NBA Cup. I think we're all going to get sucked in, but I really don't care about it right now. I said to you guys before, my biggest fear is you're going to see the Sixers win the NBA Cup. Joel Embiid, MVP of the NBA Cup. And we're going to have to figure out, do we celebrate it? Sixers haven't really won anything. Haven't won a championship since 1983, but do we consider this kind of like, do we have a parade? Do we get excited? So I'm all confused about this NBA Cup, man. But here's where the decisions get tough. And we're going to see how much these coaches care about the NBA Cup. Because there's being reports that Embiid is questionable tonight. Now, if this was just a regular season game against the Indiana Pacers, you sit and beat. It's a no-brainer. You're 8-1. and one. You got the whole load management issue. If he's questionable, he's not 100%, sit him. But this is the NBA Cup. Do the Sixers care about it? Do the players care about it? Do the coaches play about it? care about it? I told you. They put money behind it. You win the NBA Cup, you get five hundred grand. every player, every coach. So do they push through and force Embiid to play tonight? I mean, that'll show us a lot about how much these players and coaches care about the NBA Cup and if it worked. I see Steve Patton. Sixers parade for a cup, fact checker. Maybe not a parade, maybe a pizza party. Seriously, though. I mean, what do we do? It's a long way away, but what do we do if they win the NBA Cup? Do you celebrate? Do we storm Broad Street? Do we all party at City Hall? NBA Cup mid-season champs? I don't know, man. I don't know. But tonight's a big game. If Embiid does play, Pacers are a good team. Eagles, or Eagles, I'm still on the Eagles talk. Sixers just beat them 137-126, so... Pacers going to be looking for revenge. Tyrese Maxey dropped 50 in that game against the Pacers. It'll be interesting to see what he can do tonight because you think the Pacers are going to 
try to game plan to stop Maxi tonight after he put up 50 in the last game. So that'll be interesting to see what they decide to do tonight. But that game's on. As it gets closer, I'm sure we'll get reports about whether or not Embiid is playing. I see Philly 007. I'm partying. I don't know about y'all. This might be the closest we get to a championship. But that's my fear, 007. That's my fear. We need a real damn championship. See, the problem with me, I don't know how many people in the chat remember the 1983 NBA championship that the 76ers won. I was born a few days after that. I was born in June of 83, a few days after they won the NBA championship. So I have never seen a Sixers championship. I've never seen a Flyers Stanley Cup. Thankfully, I really thought I was going to go my whole life without seeing a Super Bowl. Thankfully, we got one. And I was in attendance in Minnesota. That was awesome. One of my greatest memories of my life. And we saw the fight in Phil's win it in 2008. But, man, are we ever going to see a Sixers championship? And I see Wine Niners Wine in the chat always wanting me to talk about the Flyers. Are we going to see a Flyers-Stanley Cup? I think we're going to be waiting for a little bit. As hard as that team is playing this year, and they don't suck this year. They're not as bad as I thought they were going to be, and a lot of people thought they were going to be. But they're not winning anything this season. They're off tonight. They play tomorrow night in Carolina, but they did finish their West Coast trip strong, won two in a row. And if you like Flyers hockey, they're not bad to watch. They play hard. They're well coached. They have some talent on offense, but I don't see them doing anything anytime soon, unfortunately. But, yeah, that'll be my biggest fear is if if the Sixers win the NBA Cup because I want to see a real damn championship. Wine Niners wine. Flyers stink, but they don't suck. That's great news. They're playing hard. That's all you can ask for. That is all you can ask for. But, guys, I do appreciate you spending this hour with me. We're going to continue to break down the Kansas City Chiefs-Philadelphia Eagles game all week. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Sixers a little bit. After tonight's game, we'll see how Maxie does now that they're going to be game planning for him. But like we end every show, we'll do a little today in sports history. And for those baseball fans out there, November 14th, 1957, Hank Aaron wins the National League MVP. Hank Aaron, 1957, November 14th. I'm not old enough to remember Hank Aaron. I mean, I know who he is, obviously, but not old enough to remember seeing him play. But he won it on the Milwaukee Braves. The Milwaukee Braves. I said something the other day, and and somebody messaged me after saying I made a mistake because I was talking about how today in history, and it was something that happened on the Boston Redskins. And someone said, oh, they're not the Boston Redskins. They were the Washington Redskins. Well, they were the Boston Redskins. They were the Boston Redskins for a while back in the day. From 1933 to 1936, the Washington Redskins were in Boston. Started out as the Boston Braves in 1932, then switched to the Boston Redskins from 33 to 36 before they moved to Washington. So 
The Milwaukee Braves, not a mistake. They used to be the Milwaukee Braves as well. But, guys, I do appreciate you all in the chat. Hit that like button. Hit that share button. We'll be back here tomorrow at 10 o'clock like we are every single day. And like I've said before, guys, if you're not already following me on Instagram and Twitter, head on over at Bill Calarulo. Give me a like. Give me a follow. Engage with me. Comment. Send me some messages. If there's anything you want me to discuss on the show, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. You guys know I love engaging with you in the chat. So hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, and I'll try to address any questions or issues you have and you want to talk about on the Philly Sports Power Hour. But appreciate all you guys. I will talk to you tomorrow. Go Sixers tonight. Let's hope they get another big win and extend it to 9-1. and one. Have a great day, everybody. Go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.